This episode of Not All Podcasts Were Capes is sponsored by Shadow Boxes by James. Combining the love of arts and crafts with comic books and collecting, Shadow Boxes by James is the perfect gift for every fanboy and fangirl in your life. Visit shadowboxesbyjames.com and use the promo code NOTALLPODS, that's all one word, for 15% off your purchase today. And now for the podcast, where Ariani thinks texting a spoiler is just a casting announcement. This is Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. Once again, <laughs> that's not how our song goes. T. Once, <laughs> it's not even close. Ariani's rolling her eyes. Once she again, sure is. I am being attacked for presenting new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. We're gonna be talking about the Eternals. Full spoilers. We're getting right into it. So if you didn't see the Eternals, we're gonna ruin it right now. And should we just start with the post credit scene? Because uh, yeah, we're just are we going to work our way back? No structure. Yeah, no. Let's no go. Structure. No structure. No, no structure. Just go let's in. Go. Just if you haven't seen Eternals, you, you know, why are you here? That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> why? Right. Why are you here? You know. So I mean, honestly, even if you haven't seen Eternals, you probably already got the reference to what we we're talking about. So Harry Styles is in this movie. He's Thanos's brother. Um, Ariani ruined it for me and T. <laughs> <laughs> Eros. Uh well let's not let's not put it one hundred percent on Ariana. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, we're, we're gonna, te- I'm teasing her. We're teasing. Um, but it was a, but it we was will a, yeah. we will put it on uh what's that guy? Don't from, put it on but, anybody. It was it was fine. It's not a big deal. It's like the most mu- <laughs> it was a no, big it is, deal. It's not for a deal. Us. It, yes. I here's the thing. Folks, Listen. I don't think what I don't see the big deal about this. They, these guys lost okay. their com- their total minds at me because <laughs> I shared okay. what I thought was something that was like normal. I didn't know that it was like a huge big deal. Okay, so l- let's let's explain the story. And if I'm wrong, correct me at any point in this. All right, Ariane T. Yeah, please, can, please reach out to us up. on Twitter. Yeah, reach out to us on Twitter with your opinions on this. So, the Eternals came out this week. Two weeks ago was the premiere. Now, everybody knows who the main cast is, okay? This guy who works for Variety, right? Yes. Okay. Works for Variety, saw the movie, and then put a tweet out that said, Harry Styles is in Eternals as Thanos' brother. In the post-credits scene. He never mentioned post-credits. He never mentioned the post-credits. He never mentioned post-credits He never mentioned the post-credits. He never mentioned it at all. So he tweets this out, Ariani sees it, thinks it's just casting news, and sends it Mm -hmm. to us in a text. And that's how we found out that this character was in the movie. So we've been teasing Ariani for two weeks now about how she ruined the movie for us. She didn't really ruin the movie. The surprise was taken away. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm. But there were plenty of other surprises to be had, right? There were lots of other. One. No. One. Okay. One, one, yeah. I would say one. Just one. 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 Everything else and, was in the trailers. Not everything. Yeah, and I. I don't know what what. Okay, other than okay, so third act, third act uh, reveal surprises. Icarus was the antagonist in the entire uh, uh, during the film, but uh, uh, which was awesome, which was the best thing about the movie. But um, other than that, what was in the movie that we did not get spelled out for us in the um, in the trailers? 
I guess the scale of everything, like the scope of it all. That's one thing that I really liked about this movie. It just felt like this massive thing. You know, these people are... Yeah, it but, felt small to me. But really? I got the sense of, of all that scale in the trailers. Right. You know, like I was expecting that. I wouldn't say that it was a surprise or shock or anything like that. That's exactly what I was expecting the movie to be. So so I, I get where Ariani's coming from, where I, what I think was done really well... Um, was the scale of the eternal that was cut was, was emerging from the earth and how it was so the, far the in the celestial. background and I'm sorry the celestial um uh, uh Tiamat. Tiamat who who is uh Tiamat all my D&D people out there are six-headed dragon god um but uh Tiamut uh was like coming out and he, he, how large he was and how his fingers were and that it's like now this huge giant sculpture the size of like Cuba or something like that coming Cuba? out of there. No, that, that that was really neat though because like there there were parts that were emerging. I'm like, is that his head or is that his head or is that his head? But it they were actually finger. fingers coming out, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, and this then, thing is really really huge. And then we saw like the uh, top of his head, like the the the, the three little yeah. eye holes right. that they have. Um, so is that just going to be that stuck was... on the planet forever? Is that just going to be like a mountain formation forever? Yeah, yeah. So I guess in in the new Avengers comics, their base it's not Avengers Tower, it's not Avengers Compound or any of that stuff that's been in the movies. It's the body of a celestial. I'm wondering if this is going to become like a home base for maybe the Eternals or or whoever's left. Like the way because how think... no, how nowhere is in the Guardians movies, like it's a giant head. It's... It's a little more advanced than that, but yeah, similar similar to it. It's just like the shell of uh, of a. Where is it? Is it like lying on the ground, or it's, is it's it... in a mountain? It's like part of a mountain. Oh, uh, okay. So they could easily just repurpose it, and it's it's the newer run of the Avengers that's currently going on now. So they could easily just write that in that oh, this is similar to to what they they have already. But I mean, that's the end of the movie. What about the beginning of it? You guys want to start at the beginning, or uh, well, or I done? think you're done already. T. The the third act was good. Um, the first two acts was people standing around delivering exposition in a boring manner. I mean, I, you I'm know, um, fine with that, honestly, because this is a kind of movie where I don't know anything about anybody or anywhere. Like, this is the kind of stuff where. I was telling Spade before we started that this is one of the MCU movies where you could watch zero of them walk into this one and not have to know any of the previous things really. There's like little references to Thanos. They have one line about Captain America and Iron Man and that's it. Um they had to have this is it's different where all the other like intro MCU movies, they're usually introducing like one character and then like supporting characters. But this is a ensemble cast. Everybody had to be introduced. You had to feel attached in some measure to everybody. Um and they also had to explain their history, explain the lore, all of that. And I was engaged. You felt attached to these characters? I was engaged pretty much. I was surprised because like all the trailers, I'm like, there's so many people in this movie. There's so many characters. I was like, how am I? I don't know anybody's names. And by the end of the movie, I walked away knowing everybody's names 
you know, feeling some type of way for each of these characters. I felt like each of them had, you know, something emotional about them or something distinctive about them. Because everybody harps on, like, this is a very diverse cast. You know, we have a deaf character. We have a character who's black, gay. There's Latinx characters. You know, Angelina Jolie plays Thena, but she's also someone that has, you know, PTSD, trauma. And instead of, like, lobotomizing her, they protect her. They keep her as she is. They don't try to change her. There's Asian characters, Kumail Nanjiani and Madong Suk. He anglicized his name to Dong Lee for the movie for stupid reasons. Um, he plays Gilgamesh. So this is a huge, diverse cast. And I think everybody... I, I like I think the everybody, diverse casting. Everybody made an impression. But that doesn't... Sorry, go ahead. I don't, I don't know that everyone made an impression on me. I think who do you ev- feel everything was, was a little everything was a little bit sedate. I think that because we spoke about this before, but there was no you know, point of view character. There, everybody who was talking about everything in the film already knew everything that was going on, so they it felt like no one was. No, there was no real reveals except in the third act. There were reveals and everybody where Cersei, was just, Cersei found out that they were basically synthetic robots. Right, third act. That's not third so, act. That's like halfway through the film. That's second act. <laughs> so we're the audience and we're learning about the Eternals. But like uh, uh, Anthony said in, in the um, Neil Gaiman version of the comic book, which this follows almost exactly... Um, which is, I think, is the biggest influence in this. Um, they had to re- they had lost their sprite, had wiped their memories, and they had to relearn who they were. And if they relearned who they were, that like we could learn who they were along with themselves, discovering themselves. Right. But I, I but, like the the part that I did like is how every time they went to a new character, it would do a flashback and show them like as the prominent character during whatever was happening at that time. But there needed to be like that Neo enlightening moment where, you know, you discover you're, you're this person that's destined to do this stuff. They just walked into a bar and was basically like, Hey, what's up Icarus? He's like, Hey, hold on, let me have my beer and then we'll get out of here and we'll go take care of our business. And then they just hopped around and it was just so convenient. It didn't really do anything. Like if they didn't know each other, and Sprite was the one who was piecing it all together. I thought that would have been a lot more interesting. The, the one thing that I really did like is that they kept um, Sprite's psychology about being a 12-year-old for eternity and like not being able to grow up. I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know if they were going to go being bitter about it, right? Yeah. Right, right. Just being upset. Because, I mean, think about it. You live for millions of years, basically, and you're always 12 years old. And yeah, you, did, you hadn't hit puberty yet, right? Right. Yeah, it's, I it's mean, that, that, that's frustrating. tough, right? Well, I think um, it's like she looks 12, but internally she's thousands and thousands of years old. Right. You know? Right. So but no one's ever going to look at her as anything other, other than a 12-year-old. Other than a child, yeah. Right. And and the casual thing like, oh, the world's going to end, right? And I get it that us as an audience, we go to all these movies and the world's about to end every movie right and then if we're explaining the movie to somebody else and we're going oh yeah what happened in the movie 
Oh, yeah, so, like, they had to stop the world from being destroyed. Oh, okay. And that's okay, because we're moviegoers, and we're talking about a movie out of the thing, because the world's not really ending. But these cats in this movie, it's like, oh, the world's ending. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, there was no, oh, the world's ending. Well, wasn't, you know? it, there was no- wasn't the point was that they were basically, that was their purpose, that the world had to end. That was their thing. That that's They kind of had to decide for themselves to save it like that's the my favorite part of the movie was when everything is said and done and they decide to kill the celestial they decide to kill tiamat and there's just this silence for like 30 40 seconds and it's kind of like the gravity of what they've chosen to do has kind of like hit them so i think there there's it's it's a serious thing. It's not like a casual thing that they've decided to just save the world. We know the world is going to be saved, but I think it's the gravity of them deciding to do that when they've clearly let the world be destroyed over and over and over and over again. And there's other worlds that are going to be destroyed still. But it's not these versions of the Eternals, right? Because they let the world be destroyed for a celestial to be born and their minds are wiped and then they're just basically recycled back into the world. It's it's essentially Westworld. If anybody's ever watched Westworld on HBO, it's the same thing. The the, the robots live their day at night, they get reset back to the next day, right? And the the big storyline in that is Dolores who knows something's going on and basically breaks out of that mold and then keeps her memories and finds out what's going on. And it's it that's basically the same story that they told here. It's like fighting their programming. Right. But it seems like it seems like that Eternals n- normally do this depending on what planet they're from because Star Fox is an Eternal and he didn't die with his planet, right? He's just traveling the world and he had one of those little balls to talk to the the Celestials and 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 I don't know, is he's a brother to Thanos and he's an Eternal, so Thanos is an Eternal as he is in the comic books, right? <laughs> maybe they're, so maybe Thanos they're wasn't worth there's so many adopted siblings in the MCU, so who knows? Right. Well, in, in the comics, though, Thanos is, is a deviant, which the deviants in, in this were oh, just, interesting. just monsters to beat up. Well, right? they, Thanos had a deviant gene. Or deviant gene, okay, right. Thanos, Thanos um, looks like a monster. I do like how this movie kind of retconned Thanos's, like snap into like accidentally being a good thing. Like, it's accidentally good that he snapped away half the universe, because if he hadn't done that, then Ajax would have never changed her mind about um, not wanting to destroy the world for the Celestials, um, because it... And then the speculation online saying that the real reason Thanos snapped away half of the universe, half the life in the universe, was to prevent Eternals from being born... So it starts getting complicated. It starts getting complicated because it's like Thanos was people, you know, there's some jokes how Thanos was right, but it was kind of like an accidental sort of thing. But we I don't know if we'll ever learn if Thanos actually meant to to reduce the population of the universe by half to save everybody or if it's or if it was him actually being a psycho. But either way, it saved everybody because I thought th- I thought the cast was great. I thought that uh, the actors did a good job of what they were given. But I I don't you know I, 
it wasn't there wasn't there wasn't like there wasn't a tension for me i mean you felt that tension in that uh, during i i didn't feel the tension throughout the whole um uh the first couple of acts i was i was you know i was a little bit like all right we have to go through these steps i think yeah cuz the first half because of them the getting the band for getting the band back together it's blues brothers you know they ha- they have a mission from god you know they have to you know bring everybody together and obviously that's going to it's going to i think it felt tedious because there's so many of them there's like what 10 of them the, in total that that's the problem that the, the team is really big for for a first introduction like it's it's not like the avengers where they all had their own movies and then you put them all together and they don't need you know half an hour for you to get to know each person um but yeah i think there's nine total so there there's kingo fastos icarus cersei Thena, ajax sprite gilgamesh makari and druig that's 10 did i miss anybody i don't think so that was 10 yeah so that's a huge cast and gilgamesh and Ajax are gone pretty much very early in the movie. I think that they should have taken the focus off the Eternals themselves, and I think it should have been more focused on 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 um, uh, Dane Whitman and Cersei, and the the movie should have been about them. I don't think they 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 shouldn't have. T- I think Dane Whitman should have been with them the entire time as a human proxy. Um, and so when it's like the universe, the world's going to end, then he'll, he's the person who could be like, what do you mean you're not going to save the world? Right? And then there's that place where his frustration with them, you know, and, and well, at least frustration with Cersei, and that he could have learned, oh, because he began to, it felt like they were going to start that. I thought, I thought uh, Dane Whitman was going to be through the whole movie, and they just pulled him right out. You know why? So, so Dane, hold on. Dane Whitman is is the Kid Harrington character who's the the Black Knight in in Marvel Comics. So he's going to become uh, a superhero eventually in, in, down the line. Uh, Get Ariane, just so everybody knows who we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, my point is is that it's it's MCU setup crap. It's what you know. They always have to set up something else. Um, you know, nothing in the MCU at this point can exist on its own. It is what it is. Um, I was surprised that Kit Harrington was cast in a movie and then was barely in it because he's such a huge actor. But then, of course, you know, I don't know who Dane Whitman is. You guys knew from, from the get-go. I completely no idea. But obviously, him being a huge actor, they have to have plans for him. So that's that's a thing. There was There wasn't time to include him. And they wanted to keep him a surprise, I guess, for for people. Um, the other post credit scene is him, I guess, opening up his chest and feeling like conflicted about it. And then we hear a voice off screen. Blade, who, who, Mahershala who, yeah. Ali. Mahershala Ali is Blade. One. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us thought it was Sam I, Jackson. I'm not going to point out. I, who it was thought. me. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't. But you know what? I didn't know. That Blade in the comic books was British. He's British. Oh, really? I didn't know that either. In the comic book, he's British because I only hear Wesley Snipes' voice in my head. And Wesley Snipes was a very good Blade. Oh, yeah. He was awesome. But, I mean, he he was a very good Wesley Snipes vampire (laughs) hunter. Whether he was Blade or not, I don't know. (laughs) You know? Um, 
you know, and uh, and and uh, Blade Two was done by my one of my favorite uh, directors of all time, Guillermo del Toro. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, he's British, so it, I, I understand. That's why I was like, I didn't understand the connection. Why would Blade be connected with uh, the Black Knight? But there, there's comic history in that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that either. Um. Because I don't think there's plans for a, a Black Knight movie. Like, that hasn't been announced. So I'm only assuming him and Mahershala Ali are going to appear together in the Blade movie. Well, and, and so the, you know, just for the listeners, because we talk, we talk a lot, we do a lot of texting to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, both, both Black Knight, Black Knight was like the, the 14th Avenger. Uh, you know, very few people were Avengers before him. So Black Knight was an Avenger in in like the 60s, the end of the 60s. Um, and uh, Cersei was an Avenger for hundreds of issues. So uh, he, she, was a, she was an Avenger in the 80s and 90s uh, a lot. So, right. so here, um, hold on. So the, the Eternals themselves, they don't have very many comic books. There's the original Jack Kirby run, which is only – it's less than 20 issues. And then there's the, the famous one is the Neil Gaiman like seven or eight issues story arc that we were talking about. And we, we've, we've done previous podcasts on this, but there's another uh, Eternals comic that just Go started. Go check them out. Listen to them. They're great. They do huge breakdowns uh, of the Eternals, which we're not doing right now. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, do you think there we, we will let be Ariane more come comics? on for this one, right? Well, do you think there will be um, more comics now after this movie? Well, th- there's been an ongoing one for the past year it's it's oh. the eternals they're, they're fighting thanos and oh, someone's cool. killing the someone's killing the eternals and they're trying to figure out who's the 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 what's i was gonna say the betrayer of the group basically it's the same thing like the movie like who which one is the person who who's doing all this and they haven't yeah figured it out yet i mean but, with this movie there was such a huge cast i was just waiting for somebody to be a traitor and they were setting it up for it to be druig they were, right. they, they were setting well, that up. Right. Well, we, Tina, I think we were 100% expecting it to be him because in the comics, he's always the bad guy among them. He's always the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. And that was the one thing that I really, really liked about this movie is that they took Icarus and, and made him uh, the antagonist. I won't use the word bad guy because he was just um, doing what he thought was right. So was know? Thanos. Too. And. Uh, right, right. So, but but I mean, Thanos showed cruelty, you know, um, and he did a lot of mustache twirling. I think when the the good part is when they showed Icarus kill Ajax. I thought that was well done. He just he didn't want to, and I felt that. And I think he he did a great job. Um, Richard Madden. Uh, uh, Rich, Richard yeah, Madden. Richard Madden did a great 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 job as that. I thought Gemma uh, uh, Gemma Chan was awesome. I think that was like really naturalistic acting. I felt, and even though she played another character in the Marvel Universe before, I felt like I was looking at somebody brand new that I could believe her in the role. Like I I never saw Thena. Only saw Angelina Jolie. I, you know, I, I could not. I, I like it broke, Angelina Jolie. It, uh, I I like Angelina Jolie. I like I like her politics. I like whatever. But like, uh, I think Is it I do. Because I don't she's know a what huge star. Are. 
Maybe. Did Salma Hayek? Maybe. Did Salma I was going to ask, did, did you feel that way, way about Salma Hayek? Because they're the biggest act, actors in this movie. They're like the big prestige stars. Well, well, Salma Hayek was playing a character that I don't feel she normally played. And I, I see, I, I didn't like, I didn't like Angelina Jolie's performance. I thought it was wooden. And I thought that, um, and I have all kinds of respect for her and everything like that and her acting things and all she's done. Uh, but it's like, I was just. I disagree. Yeah, actually. Maybe it's me. But she, her character was lobotomized, really, and she didn't have very many speaking lines. She was basically just kicking ass the whole time. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if you. Could I really, actually I think mean, they they underused Angelina Jolie for for the big actress that she is. I think they underused her. A couple of the main problems, and this is it goes right into what we're talking about. It, I think, I'm going to put this at the number one biggest problem with this film. Boring ass gray CGI bad creatures that need to get beat up. Right. I mean, that's they need something to punch. You know what I mean? No matter, no matter what, the Eternals have to punch yeah. something. And if you're gonna do the big third act reveal, they need something to beat up in the meantime. Yeah. Right? I I don't know that I if they showed me that alien to to, to compare to a like, you know, thirty movies over the last twenty years. That have that same kind of thing, and it was just so. Then why it was like at this point? Why and, are and we then, even bothering? And because, like, and because, and because of their CGI nature, I did not feel real contact between the actors and those CGI creatures. I didn't feel a real physicality. It felt like that they, they were looking at. Tennis balls hanging from ropes. Yeah, but you know, you know, and I, there's never I felt really that. a physicality and they shouldn't be, with that sort of stuff. No, but, they, but people have done it well, and things have been done well when that works. It did not work in this film. It did not work. Those action scenes when they were fighting them, it was just, I didn't feel the physicality. And they missed opportunity for the deviance to be some of the best aliens because if you look back at the Kirby uh, deviants, they were crazy. It was like Monsters Incorporated uh, mixed with some Sid and Marty Croft kind of puppetry. I would have rather the deviants were puppet, big people in puppet suits. Yeah, and I mean, it would have been... Th think like Thanos, just different versions of Thanos. Like a, a, a big red one, a small blue one, like all different, basically aliens is, is what they are. Like Jabba the Hutt. I wanted that kind of physicality right. from it. The reason why Jabba the Hutt worked is in, in, in Return of the Jedi, but didn't work in, let's say, you know, whenever they brought him back CGI, is because Princess Leia, I mean, Carrie Fisher could actually push and touch him. He was a physical presence in the room. And and that, that there was so much opportunity. You wanted to do more so practical much effects. Interesting. Right. And they enhanced enhanced by cgi or some complete cgi but do something creative i mean and, and we were going to talk a little about bit dune but you know watching dune last night i was actually really blown away by how much cgi there was and it didn't feel like cgi it didn't feel like cgi yet um um would but you, uh would you, you know, think of that the, kind uh, of thing the celestials then like how did you did you like how they looked I thought they looked great, the Celestials. Yes, yeah. 
I, I think they did the Celestials well. I liked when they show his face and that the person is just floating really small so in front of, of what was the main what was the main Celestials face? Um, Ar- Arishim. Arishim, yeah. Arishim. Do they have? They don't have the uh, David K. Did the voice of Arishim? I don't know who that is. Could be just a voice actor. Yeah, it looks like he's up. Uh, yeah, it's some uh, Transformers. Yeah, a guy with a yeah, with a big a voice deep actor. voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think they did Celestials well. I didn't like when Fasto. I didn't like Fastos doing all his things to to technology. I like that. I didn't like that. I like that. I like his his hand um movements. You can tell like they, they he worked on choreography for that. Um stuff like that, you know. All right, fine. Make a face, but you know. <laughs> that it didn't bother me. It, well, yeah, it didn't. It, it's it like didn't that's like that you're that's nitpicky. That's nitpicky, but uh, I didn't I don't I'm just saying I didn't like it. I thought it was I'll, I'll tell you like one thing I I really 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 liked um, the speed stuff with Makari, that yeah, was that was leaps and bounds better than both Quicksilver's and, and, and the Flash. Flash from, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this was done so much better than 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 three of those. It, it it was in a league of its own, really. I was gonna say, and I think I might have told you guys in a text chat where our, this movie. A lot of people are comparing this movie um, to the Justice League um, because it's a big ensemble bring people together to stop world annihilation and i i joked in a chat that Zack snyder wants what chloe zhao has which is pastoral scenes with you know dim lighting a superman who struggles with what it means to save people and an oscar (laughs) so because i think you know icarus is basically bad guy superman he's 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 a dark version of of a superman character they mentioned how he's like a superman they name drop that in the movie mm-hmm. um and Zena's i think wonder woman makari is the flash yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, fastos is green lantern yeah it's very similar to justice league like they're kind of have like their one-to-one characters that you can match up with um but i think it i guess Druig is batman i can see that um, I think Icarus is probably the best version of a dark Superman that we've gotten. That that people. I, no, I, you, you I, can just I, watch I, I w- Brightburn. I heard that movie sucks yeah. though. I heard like that's that's a terrible movie. I liked it. I liked it. It's 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 good. Listen to our podcast, Ariani. On that's it. right. Um. So <laughs> and follow us on Instagram, Ariani, and Twitter. <laughs> We just I do found follow out you on this week Twitter. Ariani doesn't fo- didn't follow us on Instagram. She I'm not even, even on Instagram. Terrible. Yeah, because yeah, because I don't even post on Insta- I don't even post Instagram stories. I don't even know how none of that works. Do I follow you guys? Do I follow us on Instagram? I've, yes. I've, like I yes, started. See, you know oh. why? Because when I search your name, you come right up. Every time I search Ariani, oh she never comes up, and I just figured out why. When we, I, I'm never on Instagram either. If I need to do stuff on Instagram, you let me know. And everybody who listens to this. Give us a little bit of love yeah. online. Can just give us a little bit of love online. Like, uh, we're, we're not begging. Retweet, we're, we're share. Begging. I'm begging. I'm begging. I'm, I'm going to get on a knee. No, we're, I get on a knee? I'm getting on a knee here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on a knee. I'm down on a knee. Um, 
Give us some meat on sponsorship. Icarus is a dark character. I think Icarus was a conflicted character who made a bad decision, and I think he was trying to do the right thing. I think he was trying to do, and what that's he why was I thing. appreciate the character because of that. And that's what you know, because I think he really wanted to do the right thing. I mean, dark in terms of just you know, he's brooding. He's you know. He's like, I don't wear a cape. Like he does. He's he he had that quippy line because he's just like. Oh, speaking of that though, there were uh, quite a few DC references in this movie. There was yeah. weird Batman. Yeah, I, weird. Yeah, a l- little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit weird. But uh, nonetheless, I guess Kumar Nanjani's Batman because he has all the he has the bat plane and the money, right? Nanjani, what Kingo? Yeah. Yeah, Kingo. Yeah, and he has Kingo his. Had the... He has his valet. Missed opportunity with the Bollywood. They could that that review that you sent us, Ariani, hit the nail on the head. Where it was like, it was a Bollywood thing. I wanted to see it, it be super quirky Bollywood. I think they should have leaned into it more instead of this kind of oh we're in this one room doing some Bollywood in a circle. I wanted to see those crazy Bollywood cuts to them in one place and then going like this on a, on a, on a mountaintop and just got kind of like, yeah, you know, but the it kind was, of, it wasn't necessary well, in, to in a two and a half anyway. hour movie. There wasn't enough t- runtime to fit that yeah. into that. Like, that seems long enough to put a little bit of that in there. You know, I, I just thought it was kind of like, it, it was, it, it was a missed opportunity for fun. Yeah. No, yeah, and Kingo's a fun character. He's definitely the comic relief in the movie. Um, and he disappeared at the, like, t- you know, Super by the third. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Really I, strange. It's a strange Really, thing. really strange. I expected him to come back, do a, like a Han Solo, where... Um, right. Know, yeah, I mean, I, I liked... I liked his reason for leaving, right? He's conflicted. He doesn't want to go against his brother and his sister, basically, right? Like, and he I, doesn't I want to fight. I don't want to fight Icarus, either one. Right? right. I'm not going to fight either one of you. I love everybody. I just can't do it. But then leave. But then you, you gotta you, you do a cutaway. Show him conflicted in leaving, and then don't show him coming back. But then at the end, show him when they're they're forming the Unimind. To have him yeah, or, there, or saving I- Icarus is about to kill somebody, yeah, and he right. stops them. Well, that's and then he fights Icarus, and then he dies. Well, that would have been a good arc for him. It would have been a good arc, but I don't think they wanted to kill him. I think here's the okay. thing, and he, I've here's talked the with... thing, Ariani. It yeah, doesn't sorry. matter who. Yes, yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, but, but no, what no. you just said made me think. It doesn't matter that that, that they killed any of these characters. Right, the, you saw in the scene with with uh, Cersei how many versions of these characters there are when they were showing them being mass produced. They so, come back. Yeah, you're not going to kill off Richard Madden in in your first movie. You're going to bring him back, and you bring him back as a good guy, right? You, you don't. He doesn't have the memories from this movie. Otherwise, you know what I mean. That's basically what you set up already. And the whole thing with the Eternals is they die and they're reborn, right? So like they have a, a machine, I think it's called the the rejuvenation machine, and it basically their no, the, consciousness didn't they call just it the goes forge? into a new body. Didn't they call it the okay, forge? So in the movie? I'm going to okay, say so, this. Yeah, so same thing. Get I just want to say this for the listeners because we also we spoke about this because we were talking about it, you know, for the last couple of days 
Um, so they made the comparisons to Icarus and Superman. They're definitely there. His eye beams, the, the, the two jokes about being Superman. So Icarus, feeling bad about what he did, um, goes and flies into the sun. And this is what Superman does to complete his, um, his apotheosis in the all-star Superman storyline in the future where Superman dies. And the idea is he's dying of some kind of thing. And, and, and in the end, he flies into the sun to fix the sun. Now, of course, what happens in this DC future, and this is a Grant Morrison uh, storyline about Superman, what happens to Superman? Well, he dies because he flies into the sun to fix it, but then he emerges, um, I don't know, 10,000 years later as uh, with a Green Lantern ring, but that he has been sitting in the center of the sun absorbing all the solar energy um, and he comes out even more powerful than super, like a hundred times more powerful than Superman ever was, right? So the idea of a Superman proxy in this film flying into the sun at the end, who these are androids. I, I think to call them androids is like limiting because, you know, it's a beyond they're, like, yes, they were created robots, but, basically. They're, they're created the by technology. Robots have gears. These, these, this is from a technology that's so far advanced, it's indistinguishable from actual life, right? So I, I wouldn't say that they aren't alive. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't just make another photocopy of him, but or 3D print him again. But I think that that he might, him? but that they basically. they they like, basically, right? So that that he comes back from. Uh, uh, that whole sun situation that might not have killed him. Well, I mean, T, you know who else flew into the sun, right? Uh, Icarus. Icarus. Icarus flew into the sun. Yeah, from the <laughs> myth. Too close to the yeah. sun and so fell to that's earth. That's probably right. why they chose to do that. And yeah. fell to earth, right? <laughs> yeah, um, right. I, I don't know if su Superman comparison is, you know, the one they were going for so much as Icarus and Icarus. Well, but, they named they, but good they, tangent, they did it twice sure in the film. It's a good tangent anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> the one thing though that bothered me about Kingo, I, okay, so he didn't want to fight. I get that. Maybe for the next movie when he's put in the same situation, he'll make a different choice. I get it. The Eternals are meant to be complicated and flawed and all that stuff. Um, but... It felt weird to me that he wasn't there for the Unimind, or at least they didn't have a shot of him somewhere, wherever he was in the world, and they would still be connected to him with the Unimind. Because Fasto said the whole point of the Unimind is that they're connected. They are a family. They are one mind. That's literally what Unimind is. So if the Unimind is voluntary, why did they even bother having Icarus be part of the Unimind? If, just do it without him and save the world. Like... If 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 um Kingo didn't need to be there, why? Like it's it felt weird that he wasn't there to to. to it, it feels be like a scene it. was cut out. Yeah, multiple people have said that, but it seems like a strange thing to to cut out. That it was cut from the script, and it was cut from the script. I guess they didn't need to have him there because so much of that was putting people in. CGI there at the big end fight. But it but. doesn't make sense, especially because Kumail Nanjiani is one of the bigger stars in a movie. He, 
people have been following his fitness journey where he got super buff for this movie, crazy buff. He didn't even have to do it. He did it because he wanted to. Um, and he got put on like the cover of Men's Health magazine because of it. Like, it's crazy. He's one of the big stars in the movie. Um, he could have come back, you know, and even like MCU loves their quips. He could have come back and said, I'm only here because, you know, my next movie's supposed to be a trilogy and I want to finish that. Like, he could have said anything any reason right. and it would have fit back. the character too it would have fit the character and wasn't he the one who said that you know you don't turn your back on family wasn't wasn't that his line in the movie so yeah. i thought it was strange that they amelia said, yeah they well yes thank you vin diesel they set up all these things and even if the you know doing the han solo and coming back is a cliche it is a cliche and i i appreciate and honestly almost respect the movie for not going with the cliche because it would have been too easy but it felt like a weird thing to to miss out like like give me just one shot of kingo being a part of the uni mind even if it was from a distance somehow something it just felt missing super quick camille nagiani uh tangent right here do either you guys watch big mouth on netflix I do watch it. I've but seen I the first season. I haven't, yeah. Yeah, okay. I haven't caught up. So, so the first, Camille Nanjiani as Camille Nanjiani is in the first episode of the new season that just came is out. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And he's, and he's talking and he's all buffed. He's super buffed and he's like working out. And every time the camera pans on him in a different, um, from a different angle behind him, you see a movie poster of a movie that he's been in. So like the big sick is one. Then it shows lovebirds. And they actually have an Eternals poster. That's cool. Already. So so the movie came out Friday. The new season actually came out Friday. So it's just uh. like a pretty, pretty funny um, pretty funny thing there. That's but, cute uh, that they animated him all buff. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty funny. It, it was funny. It, it's that definitely worth checking out. But um, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, we didn't really talk. I'm about- giving this. I'm. I'm giving this movie a C plus. It was about to be like a C C minus for me, except for the Icarus turnaround got me back interested in the movie. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was re- I really appreciated that they did that. I'm giving it a um, B plus. Yeah, I am. I'm with you, Ariane. Wow. I, I could... I'm giving it a B plus because I, you know what? B it's plus. ambitious. It's ambitious, I think, in its own way. I think it's ambitious in its own way. Um, it's it's certainly better than than some of the other MCU movies, and I appreciate it wasn't like a quip machine. I appreciate it I didn't this, just have quips all over the place. I put this middle of the road, middle yeah. of the road MCU movie. I don't think it's it's in the top of the great or in the bottom of the not so great ones, but I, I don't think there's any really not so great ones, but. Yeah. I don't think I it's mean, as bad yeah, as people no are There's no bad Marvel movies. There right. are medi- they're very mediocre Marvel movies, but there's no bad Marvel. The worst I could say is a very mediocre one. And I think this was not very mediocre. I think this was mediocre. I mean, there's definitely arguments to be made for its mediocreness, like that article I sent you. Um, like I said, if, if any of you want to read a, a good review of Eternals, um, read uh, Angelica Jade Bastien 
Um, she's a writer for Vulture, and she's great. She's probably, we'll put it in the show notes. She's one of the best movie reviewers out there, um, and she did not care for Eternals. Um, and even though I like the movie more than she did, she makes a lot of really good points about why this movie didn't work for her, but also a big problem in a lot of Marvel movies um, in terms of how they waste their actors. Some, some, sometimes they waste their actors, but also this one happened to have a huge cast, huge cast. Idris Elba. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, being, wa- you being wasted they- in Thor movies. You think? So? Why, who, you think who, you wanted more uh, Heimdall? I I, I think Idris Elba all day, right? kid. Yeah. Like all Idris all what the were time. You saying, I was gonna because I the article that you said was pretty long and I was busy today, so I didn't read it. Um, but who did she feel was like most wasted? Angelina Jolie, she thought was probably the most wasted, and Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek was underused, and like I, I said, they're Salma the, Hayek, they're yeah. the biggest stars in the movie, and you know, well, they're they... the names to get the people into seats, right? That yeah. are like, you know, because this this is a hard sell, right? I mean, this doesn't have the the fun that Guardians of the Galaxy uh, presented in its trailers, right? That Guardians, that was the. Yeah. Guardian, this is the hardest movie to sell for them since Guardians of the Galaxy, right? This I think is, so. This has no no name characters. People do not know these characters at all. Um, you know, so you get Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek, and you put some Game of Thrones people in here, and people are gonna go based off that. I mean, I know the Marvel name is the Marvel name. We keep saying this all the time. They could release a movie any day of the year, and people are gonna go see it. But I mean, given the COVID situation, how comfortable people feel. I mean, our theater was sold out, right? We went and saw it together. Um, so, you know, it's it's the Marvel the Marvel name, but yeah, this is a tougher sell for sure. And it's not a short movie. I mean, two and a half hours is a long time. I didn't feel that it was long. I know, I don't know how you guys felt about the length, but like when I saw I Dune, I I felt a lot of that two and a half hours of Dune. This I didn't feel at all. I felt, I felt Dune was, Dune was short. No, that, Dune was definitely long, but I felt it was well paced, and it's only half a movie, technically. So, well, that's another podcast because yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about Dune and a lot of history with Dune, so I won't right. jump into that right now. But, um, um, and and it's like we don't want to compare the two just because they were released at the same time. There, you know, even though there might be some similarities. I, I, think I guess the, to I think the, the, there's some similarities in in the the, the, the in terms the of the scale, the right? I don't think they they look nothing alike. They're they're, they're both the, muted, the, darker color movies. CG. Oh, here we go. CG effects. That was the that's the, that's I mean, the projector in the theater. It was a that the that, CG wow, effects. That. The CG effects in Eternals are not close to to the ones in dune because the ones in dune are seriously impressive these ones are i I don't mean the effects i mean the 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 shots the shots every shot in dune was a composed painting that was no matter what you thought about the movie was beautifully well composed and oh no it's it's gonna win uh, the oscar for cinematography 
and, and also, uh, uh, but we had Eternals. We, we, they were they were stand people were standing around talking in rooms. But we also I mean, did it, have it, problems I mean, with our projection apparently while we were watching Eternals because yeah. I did ask around if people had problems like seeing things in a movie, like if there were like too many dark shadows in Eternals for them. And everybody I've talked to said that no, they didn't have any problems that they could see the movie really well. Um, for me, there were parts in the movie that were very difficult to see on screen. And I think it was the projection in our theater. We went to a theater in Jersey that I think is kind of old. <laughs> you know, I don't know if, if Marvel or Disney sends out people that checks the quality control of projection. Well, so there was a controversy uh, over the last, like, I think it was more like 15 years ago about uh, projectors and bulbs in theaters and that how expensive the projectors are and they, they need to replace the bulbs all the time. And these bulbs are super expensive into the tens of thousands of dollars because they have to be so bright and they're specific for the cameras. And, um, you know, over it through the 90s, in the early 2000s, it was a big, big problem with people going to theaters. So everything's so dark nowadays. and But then you go to those theaters in L.A. or in Manhattan where the actual film directors go see them and they have these pristine bulbs and all these projectors. I think what's happening, this is showing its rug, rearing its ugly head again because, um, because theaters are in such desperate situation with money that they can't afford to replace well, they went, the bulbs they went a year and a half without making any money right and it when we went there i felt I, we, we were spade and i were even talking about it during the movie right we were like wow this is like i am having a tough time seeing stuff and i'm like listen man i you know uh, my hearing is going my eyesight is going whatever i'm an old man but it was like this isn't right no you know? and it wasn't right uh, for me either and i have good eyesight you guys wear glasses i don't need them yet and i was having trouble seeing certain stuff in the movie and that sucks because that really affects how you see a movie and how you experience a yes, movie. yes it does and it and then that's not fair then we're not judging a movie fairly based on what we can see because a movie is a visual medium it's not right. fair I mean, that I, we i thought i thought it was director's choice to have just a muted color palette because the bollywood scene I thought was brighter in comparison to the rest of the movie, but I guess just the rest of the movie is just so dark. The col the mu the muted color palette doesn't bother me. It's the fact that there were parts in the movie I could literally barely see what was going on. If it was a it was a scene that took place indoors or inside the ship or at night, there were parts where I couldn't see. And like, sure, that could be naturalistic lighting, but there are lots of movies that have that stuff yeah. and. You don't have that problem. And everyone else I talked to said that they had no problems like that seeing stuff in the movie. So maybe when it drops on Disney Plus, I definitely want to see it again and see if it looks different on my TV versus how it looked in the theater. Because parts worth like the deviance, I couldn't see how the deviance really looked like. I couldn't, I really couldn't see how they looked like. And that's not fair to judge a movie based on that if we can't even see what we're watching. Yeah, but besides that, I actually genuinely enjoyed the story, and I was like worried I wasn't gonna understand it going in because I'm not like I don't have any experience with the source material. But then again, that's 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 good because I'm literally like an audience 
most of the audiences that go to Marvel movies don't know about this stuff. I mean, most of the the movies anyway don't really follow too closely to the comics. They're their own original story. But my thing is, if there's a better original story, tell the better original story. You don't need to create a brand new one that's not as good. And I mean, the Neil Gaiman stuff is great. You know, if you want to read a really good Eternal story, go read that. You know, it's, it's like it's better Neil than Gaiman redid it, and it seems like they were going to do that, and then they changed it again anyway. Right. I think that they, if they didn't like, if they had lost their memory, it would have been a lot better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the thing, right? This is this is an argument we were having before, and we're like, oh, it's going to be resolved in a movie. I, I should say argument discussion before, and it's like, okay, Thanos snapped away people for five years the eternals didn't show up to help anybody um if that's not gonna happen you need a good excuse for why they're not gonna show up and the fact that they just said oh the celestial told us not to interfere that really wasn't good enough for me because you're showing that you cared about humanity and you were interested and invested in people why would you not go help if you have amnesia and don't know who you are that would tie in perfectly to the reasons why you haven't been around helping people through all these conflicts because we've seen them interfere though yeah but wouldn't that technically be i guess we could say that's a part of their programming or something i don't know because how is that different i mean i like the idea how is that different i mean i like i like the idea that that they couldn't you know not follow the eternals i mean the celestials orders and then they had to bring themselves to not so i i think it's okay for me for them to say don't get involved right but thanos's actions would actually have a a, a, an effect on because they feed off of human life and then i mean life on planets intelligent life on planets or whatever it is and that would slow down the birth of eternals right and they said that in the movie. It slowed it down, right? They said that in the movie, right? The birth of the Celestial, not, not the Eternal. Right, right. I mean, so the birth of the Celestial, right? And that Thanos is a Celestial. I mean, a, a, an Eternal. You're conf- that you, has, keep, you, like, you keep confusing them. A it's deviant so genie. Yeah, well, you, they, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, he is a little bit deviant. So you should have gotten yourself involved. We, pr- Are they we gonna... probably won't know until we actually see more of Harry Styles in the future. We'll probably get more. Well, we know that Well, Harry Styles is an Eternal, and he's Thanos' brother, he so he's an Eternal. He says he's an Eternal. I don't know. Do we take him seriously? Isn't he known to be like kind of a trickster? Kind of like a does whatever But then we wants. don't know that. And, and again, like the opening crawl, which I missed because I was getting popcorn, um, the opening crawl said that it actually lied to us. It wasn't true what it said in the opening crawl. Yeah. And so it's an I don't know that I area. should believe the opening crawl. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what to believe. All right. Well, right. What, do, Every- what do you think happens next? Let, let's let's two minute two minute timer on where do you think the story goes now because at the end you know it says the eternals will return obviously pip the troll shows up with star fox I, and i didn't expect the returnals to be a return type i thought it was going to be like a one and done type thing because i'm like this is did a you call it the returnals 
Is that what the sequel is going to be called? Yeah, the Returnals. No, no. I just, I'm just saying, I didn't expect for them to to come back at all. I I didn't know how they were going to do. I don't know how they're going to do a sequel. I don't know if there's anything that you guys might know from the comics that could be potential. Oh, T, your 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 theory about Zeus in Love and Thunder. Right, right, Zeus. Yeah. So, so, right, so, um... Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is playing Zeus, but in this movie, we understand that there was no Olympian gods that were mistaken for... There's no space for the Olympian gods now Olympia, in the Marvel Universe. You know. Right, so... And I think his, you know, his costume from set pictures, as far as I've seen, looks kind of eternal-ish. From what I recall. So, um... Um, yeah, so I, 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 I think it would be a missed opportunity if he's not Zuras and he's not an Eternal. Um, uh, I think that there, I mean, so who's on the who's on the Eternal ship? It's Angelina Jolie, Druig, and Makari. 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 And Cersei's on Earth. No, yeah. Cersei got taken. Cersei. Oh right. Fastos and. Who's the other one? Um, so Sprite, Sprite have, got turned human. So, so Sprite, Cersei, Fastos, Cersei, so Fastos, here. and Gilgamesh Kingo? is dead, and and Kingo, Cersei, Fastos, Kingo and got Kingo. taken, but he didn't interfere. But I guess he would have to get taken, right? I don't remember. I think he did get taken. Yeah, he did get taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw he was in the uh, he was in the sky. At the very end, he was taken. Our Guardians of the Galaxy is going to get a hard reboot um, after this next one. So they're going to have to have a Guardians of the Galaxy team. Um, I don't think Star Fox is going to make it onto the Avengers, but I could see Star Fox in, in a, in a post-James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy if they do a fourth. Um, maybe a couple other... Uh, uh, like Star Eternals Fox, Warlock, Nova... Right. Stuff like that. Like a lot of these characters are, are in the Guardians now. You know, Quasar, Moon right. Dragon, like people like that. Do you think um what's her name? Nebula? What's her name? She could stick Nebula. around yeah. and lead the team. Yeah. Um, I could see everybody that. will show up it, it it you know, everybody's gonna show up into into whatever secret big film that they're they're planning, which might be Secret War. Secret War, um, right. I think that might be the secret. Yeah. I mean, the it's thing is, like, the... we always we always have a lot of predictions, and then none of it ever happens. So we'll see. Oh. That's, I don't know. I thought, I feel I've been pretty spot on a lot of stuff. Um, uh, who's making a face now? Mm. Oh, do you guys <laughs> want to hear about the other spoiler that people were posting around out there after the... Um, the... <laughs> The Harry Styles thing where people were getting people were pissed off and being really crappy to the variety writer. People were like, Oh yeah, you want a spoiler? Well Kingo dies in the movie. So I was waiting for this whole time for Kingo to die and it didn't happen. But see, and I was like, Oh, they were trolling. Great. But, but that's messed up <laughs> but too. That's because, good. No, but that's messed up too, because if the character really died in the movie, then it's like, oh, people spoiled it. Well, that's the thing. I think they were they right. were trying to they were trying to come up with like a worse spoiler to show in comparison how not big a deal 
it was. Right, but so then just... if that really happened in the movie, then it would have been like, oh, those people must have saw it early, and and you know what I mean? Because if they're well, flat that's out what, saying... that's what I that's what I thought. I thought people were like doing it to like you know be, d-ks. and that's a dick move. Like the like that to me is like a dick move to like say something like that, you know, before the movie because that to me is an actual plot point. Like I was just like, oh, shit, you know, but I laughed it but, off. But if Kingo doesn't die, it's 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 a good move because. It keeps people uncertain about what's going to happen. Right. In any so, case, I mean, have, we've had they, conversations, haven't we, where we're just like, oh, yeah, this person dies or that person dies. No, and but we're just these making were people, up. These were people making shit up to, like, you know, troll people who were being really bent out of shape about that thing. Um, and so I was just like, oh, shit. I don't know. You know? I, it's, there's too many layers to this that I, I can't, like, and, I, and I, I, don't, I don't even want to pierce the first layer. You know what I mean? So in any case, I was waiting for something like that to happen, and it didn't. And then I was like, "Okay, well, I got fooled." But that's—I guess—that's the uh, the intention. You can't really always believe what you see on the internet. Yeah, I didn't see the the Icarus thing uh, happening. I I didn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, not that I thought it couldn't happen. I just didn't occur to me because, because I they thought were, they were going to You know, be- they were say- I've, I've seen things where Sprite also is a traitor in some in some uh, version of the Eternals comics. And then it turns the, out- The Neil Gaiman yeah, one. Yeah. And then, of course, in this movie, she defected and joined Icarus because she was in love with him. Right. Which I thought was good. Yeah. Made sense. Which I'd like to have seen her arc more, too. I'd like Too many characters, not enough time. Yeah. I heard something yeah. where it's people were saying, you know, now that she's human, but it's possible she still has like the celestial gene in her. Could she technically be a a jumping off point for mutants? I I uh yeah, so the celestials are now robots and mutants aren't robots, so you know. But didn't you just say they're not robots? That there's something more. <laughs> right, 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 right. But they, but, but the, the idea is, but the idea in the comic book is that the Celestials came. The original comic book was that Celestials came down and started messing around with the the genome, and now it's not that anymore, right? Yeah, but the movie. So there's no the relationship. There's no relationship between physical. But the movies relationship can literally or connection do whatever they between, want. That's the thing. Right. Anybody can do whatever they want with their with their scripts, right? Yeah. But from what we're coming out of this movie, there's no genetic connection between Eternals and humans, like it was in the comic book. So no, I know. Why why would I'm they? Saying, why would it have any effect on on mutants? I don't know. I'm just saying this is something that I heard because isn't the it's the mutant gene technically a celestial gene? Like it comes from Celestial. In the original comic book, yeah, but okay. not any. I mean, yeah, right. No, now it's just something they, that they, they, during they chose. The, the writers chose a different path. Okay, but you know, writers can do all sorts of shit and you know explain things however way they want. So it's a it's a possibility. Bring Icarus back out of the sun, right? <laughs> right. You can just have him fly through it and come out the other side, right? right. Anything is possible. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotAllPods. Visit us on our website at NotAllPodcastWearCapes.com. And send us an email, NotAllPods at gmail.com. Also subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Not All Podcasts Wear Capes 
is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. This issue was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks.